from coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening, you're listening. You're listening. to Terra Informa. Would you eat insects as part of your daily life to live more sustainably? No? Well, it looks like someone has a case of the ick factor. Okay, so maybe not eating insects as part of your daily life, at least not now anyways, but what about your pets? If studies showed that insect protein could divert waste from landfills and reduce your pet's carbon paw print, would you feed your cat or dog insect-based pet food? I'll let you think that one over. My name is Sophia Osborne. And I'm Jacinta Royangeza, and we'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news, stories, and ideas. Before we begin this episode, we'd like to acknowledge that this episode was produced on Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwotsiwaskigen, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We're broadcasting from unrecognized Papachase Cree territory. The Papachase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty rights to this territory and to reserve 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you're on. Eating insect protein is not a novel idea. For thousands of years, indigenous peoples in Asia, Africa, and the Americas regularly consumed insect protein as part of their diet. Even today, these proteins are a staple food for many cultures around the world. The stigma that you may have about insects can be directly traced to a long history of physical, emotional, and cultural suppression perpetrated by European colonialists and imperialists. So put some thought into the ideas you consider new or disgusting, and why that might be. On this week's episode, New Ho and Bethany Godreau investigate the wide-reaching implications of insect protein in their piece titled Looking Fly, the inside scoop on insect protein. They talk to Interacorp's Braddy Wonkyu about the current breadth of Intera's operations in Calgary and how they're working to situate insect proteins closer to home in more ways than one. The pair also spoke to Montreal-based agronomist Serge Boutet about insect protein as a vital source of nutrition for animals. Together, they discuss why insect consumption already makes sense for pets and ponder how the insect protein market plans to inspire human consumption in the near future. Still feeling that ick factor? We're hoping you won't by the end of this episode. Let's dive in! Considering the issue of waste and producer responsibility, where does your mind go? Maybe plastic straws, styrofoam takeout boxes, disposable grocery bags, food waste from restaurants and grocery stores? When initially discussing this issue of waste, these topics came to our minds as well. But what we didn't consider was bugs. Hundreds of thousands of bugs. In 2019, an unprecedented facility was set to open outside of Calgary. The facility converts food waste into insect protein and many other biomaterials. At that time, it received some media attention, including several news articles 
but the coverage has since died down. Our first thought when we read about this was, what on earth does that mean? What is the significance of this, and how does this work? I'm Bethany Godro, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Ho, and my pronouns are she, her. I came across this CBC article talking a little bit about a little bit about insect protein in this facility that's opening up just outside of Calgary. And you uh, shared reciprocal excitement for that uh, topic. When I first read the CBC article about it, I was skeptical and curious at the same time because I haven't heard much about bioconversion. I wanted to know more about how it works and if it's actually safe to put a facility in our province. I ended up walking away from that article with a lot more questions than answers, which sparked, I think, what we've begun to unravel here. And this should be an interesting topic. Lots of other countries are switching to insect protein. Maybe the market would be different in Canada in the future. Here are the basics. Nutrients are collected from pre-consumer food wastes, like unsold products from grocery stores and overcooked or day-old items at bakeries, and they're used to feed and farm insects. What kind of insects? There are three major candidates at this time. They are black soldier flies, mealworms, and crickets. These insects are used in a variety of products, from fatty oils for pet foods to dried grubs for fish and poultry feed. Insects require significantly less space, energy, and time to be produced than many of their counterparts. The facility outside of Calgary is run by a company called Intera in British Columbia. The homepage of their website states, Intera produces the highest quality insect ingredients for animal feed and pet food companies at the forefront of innovation and sustainability. Intera is one of the first companies in Canada working on insect protein production at this scale. Intera's facility just outside of Calgary, called Rocky View, has a capacity of around 4,000 metric tons. Compared to the facility we had in Langley, BC, which was around 100 metric tons per year, it's about a 40 times increase in capacity moving to our new facility. That is Brad Iwanku. Brad is the product line manager of feed for Interacorp. His job involves examining the products that can be made in every stage of black soldier fly development and asking, how can they be used most effectively? These products fall into a few major categories. One, whole dry black soldier fly larvae. Two, a processed meal that is made and sold into the animal feed markets. Three, waste from the insects is collected and used for fertilizers. And four, an oil product that is pressed out of the flies in the drying process and utilized as a fat ingredient for pet food. Some of the things we do are taking a look at our current products and trying to identify how do we make them better? Uh, how do we make them easier to use, for instance, for our customers? Uh, one specific example is looking at our oil and trying to find ways to uh, make it easier to use or find ways to uh, you know, pull out some of the components of the oil um, so that we can create new products and, and to enter into different segments of the uh, animal feed market. These products come from Intera's insect of choice, black soldier flies. This choice is not random by a long shot. There are a few reasons why the black soldier fly larvae has been chosen for insect agriculture. Uh, one of the reasons is the fact that it doesn't have any mouth parts as an adult. So it does all of its feeding as a larva 
And once it becomes and emerges as an adult, there, there is no feeding after that point. And so it can't become, as a flying insect, a vector for disease. It's also not a pest to humans or other animals because it doesn't have any mouth parts. Uh, this is important so that if it did somehow, you know, get out of the production facility, it can't become a problem because it just doesn't have the uh, the, the setup to do so. Um, from an environmental standpoint, uh, it's adapted to the more tropical temperate regions of the world. And uh, so in Canada, we don't have to worry about even if it did have the potential to, to become a pest, it, it's really not going to survive in the environment anyways. The other important Point is that it's a very efficient detritivore. So it feeds on food waste. It feeds on uh, uh, food waste coming from grocery chains and from other sources and can grow from the stage of the small neonate larva to the uh, you know, more advanced larval stage around three quarters of an inch in length. Uh, within you know two to three weeks, it'll grow around three million times its size. So you know, it's very efficient at turning that food waste into a usable uh, feed ingredient. The black soldier fly was chosen specifically with both safety and practicality in mind, as is the location of the facility that it is to be raised in just outside of Calgary. The flies are originally from the southeastern United States and are used to warm temperatures, meaning that if there was an escape, the flies would not survive long in the cooler temperatures of Calgary. And even if they did, black soldier flies do not have mouth parts, so they would not have the opportunity to bite and transfer disease accordingly. The location is intentional for this reason, and also because of its proximity to food waste sourcing. All of the feed for insects is sourced from pre-consumer food waste, that is, unusable products from feed mills, food waste from bakeries, and unsold products from grocery stores. The nutrients are diverted from landfills and converted into this novel protein in the form of grubs. If you look at the world today, uh, we've got seven plus billion people on the planet, and that's potentially going to grow to nine billion by 2050, as well as the growing size of the middle class in countries like China and India. There's an extreme demand for protein uh, now and in the future uh, for the world. For us to produce that protein in the same methods and ways that we're doing it now only, we'll put extreme stress on natural resources, uh, including land, the land base that we're farming. There's only so much we can grow per acre. Uh, and protein sources also include things like meat. And that can be challenging in the fact that some studies and estimates are that there is a significant percentage of our greenhouse gas production coming from some animal production. We need to be balanced in our approach. I'm not here to talk uh, negatively about one way of protein production versus another. But the fact is that if we're going to produce enough protein to feed all of the mouths that need it over the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to need every possible way to produce that protein. So why would we not include something like insect agriculture as potential part of the solution to produce that protein? Insects have been consumed around the world for uh, decades, centuries, likely uh, millennia, and uh, estimates are that there are over 2 billion people around the world that include insects uh, in their daily diet. In Canada, North America, the Western world, it's not usual to be 
eating insects, of course, and there's a significant ick factor. Uh, but I think we just need to keep an open mind to all the different possibilities and sources of producing the nutrients that we need as a world. In talking with Brad, it became obvious that a major drive of this industry is innovation and creativity. Innovating what we consider viable sources of protein, minimizing the impacts of protein production on the environment, and creating sustainable ways of producing protein on a planet with an exploding population. Insect protein offers an opportunity to completely reestablish what we consider healthy sources of nourishment. Well, if you ask uh, consumers, I think if you were to ask them about what's important for products that they're, they purchase, do they care where they come from? Do they care how they're produced? I think most people, and especially you know, once we get into the Gen Z and millennial generations. I think most people will say that sustainability and, you know, how things are produced are important to them. So what does this mean for all of us as consumers? Before this research, we hardly heard anything about this industry. What are the implications of feeding your pets insects? What are the benefits? We asked some pet parents what they knew about the insect protein industry and how they would feel about feeding their own pets some of these products. I would definitely consider feeding my dog insect-based treats. She already eats insects some of the time, and uh, it's a really strong source of protein uh, for animals. I definitely support the idea of using insect protein in animal food. Uh, as long as it's well-sourced and it's a uh, quality uh, product, it's definitely something that should be included in animal feed. It's a lot less environmentally impactful and it, there's a lot of it available compared to something like beef or chicken or fish. I haven't heard of the term insect-based cheese before, but I, I have heard that insect is a, a really a source of nutrition. And if I have a chance, yep, definitely will give it a go. I know nothing about insect protein being used in pet food. And as to how I feel, I mean, I guess if it's edible, then it's edible. If it's healthy, it's healthy. In regards to uh, ingredients to my pet food, I pretty much just go with what my vet recommends. Uh, so I do not look for anything specific. In regards to insect-based treats, if my vet tells me that it's okay, I would have no problem giving my dog insect-based treats. Our inquiries into this topic with friends and family have varied responses. Many respondents had already heard about insect protein in pet foods, and those who didn't were generally keen to learn more about it, especially knowing the environmental implications of these products. To fill in the gaps, we spoke with Serge Boutet, an agronomist expert in animal nutrition. I'm uh, an agrologist from uh, Montreal area in Quebec. I have been working in animal nutrition all my career, which started in 1984, so about 37 years ago. And uh, I've dedicated about 30 of these years to pet food um, development and uh, 
production. Sage has a unique background that covers both animal nutrition and, more recently, insect protein. Six years ago, I have uh, three friends of my oldest son. Uh, they had a crazy idea. They read about insects that could save the world, and they contacted my son and asked him if they could talk to me because they knew I was in the pet industry because they had uh, a crazy idea. Uh, so this is how I, I started to be connected with with the world of insects because these young men had the idea of uh, bringing uh, something to the earth, saving the planet. And they saw that raising insects was uh, a, a very good advantage, sustainability, less water to to bring protein uh, up, uh, less land, vertical integration, uh, less space, less energy. So um, it's it was really in the path of uh, uh, helping the planet at the same time and feeding the world. We ask Sej about what he thinks pet parents ought to know about insect protein when considering feeding it to their animals. When people would look at uh, feeding insects to their pets, they have to realize that, naturally speaking, a dog and a cat that are outside will consume about 10% of their requirement, food requirement, as insects. They naturally eat insects outside. And uh, some wild animals will adapt to what they can catch to eat and eat up to 20-25% of insects. Coyotes will eat a lot of grasshoppers and things like that. So it is natural for animals, carnivores, omnivores, to select insects as a feeding base for them. They, they do live healthy with this. Insect protein are very comparable to any other animal protein source. Uh, they can compare easily with chicken, fish, beef, pork, uh, lamb, venison. Uh, they, they are from the animal world and they provide all the essential nutrients. They have good profile of amino acids and uh, a good mix of uh, healthy fats, of omega-3s and omega-6, which people hear uh, a lot uh, about, uh, you know. So it is also a good alternative to what we've seen. For sure, insects are kind of novel in, in North America and Europe, uh, but people have to remember that there's about two to three billion people on Earth that uh, have been eating daily insects uh, to feed themselves. You know, Asia, Africa, uh, South America, you know, insects have been a, a base food for, for people to, to live well. This is a point that came up in both our conversations with Brad and with Sej, human consumption of insect protein. While currently, this product is largely being marketed for the consumption of animals, both Brad and Sej discussed how this can be used as a strategy for bringing insect protein into our home. Here is Brad from Intera again. So we actually look at venturing into the animal feed markets as a way to get people comfortable with the use of insect-based ingredients uh, into the you know use of feed for the food that they're eating, and we also look at you know 
the uh, pet food markets as a way to show people that the ingredients are safe and nutritious. And we know they are. There's been you know, hundreds of studies looking at this and showing that they are safe and they are providing uh, good nutrition. Um, when it comes to pets, uh, you know, and humans' best friend, it's a, a way to, you know, help people see that if it's good for uh, pets, then it may be good for in the future, uh, something like human consumption of insect-based ingredients. How about Sage's perspective as an agronomist expert in animal nutrition? Humans in North America and uh, Europe are not totally uh, open to eat the insect themselves. So that's why um, a lot of the uh, insect companies, uh, the growers of insects, have decided some years ago to, to try to bring the insect another way in homes. And pet food is the great way to enter insects. So people see a member of their family, because we're talking about pet parents today, not pet owners. Uh, they see their animals eating products with insects and doing well, enjoying it. So uh, they can then relate them it back to them. Of course, human consumption of insect protein have a major subversive impact on how we understand protein as a whole. Some communities are already familiar with the practice of eating insects, especially Asia and South America. However, getting the majority of the world population to consider insects as their main protein source would have huge effects on innovative and ecological industries. There are still many challenges for insect protein to truly saturate the Western market. The most prevalent concern is probably the eek factor, as we generally associate bugs with unappetizing images. How can we grapple with this? Every time I, I, I share with people that uh, we are uh, looking at insects, and uh, so reactions are still, like I said, uh, a little bit uh, apprehensive. So I ask people, uh, do you eat shrimps? And most people say, yes, you know, I eat shrimps. I like shrimps. And uh, so first, when we look at shrimps, uh, they're gentle animals, but they're not good looking animals. So I, I, I tell them, um, would you eat crickets? Then people react, uh, often say no, but I, I, I tell them, uh, if you eat shrimps, think about crickets as a terrestrial shrimp, a land shrimp, like a, a friend of mine uh, is, uh, is calling them. And then people change their way of looking at crickets and insects just by connecting this look to uh, the shrimp, which is, you know, a, a very nice meal for, for us humans. On the human side, you know, or even on the animal side, it, it can be used as, as a, f a flour, you know, a meal, a, a powder that can be incorporated in baking, you know, uh, breads or muffins or pasta, anything that and, and bring up uh, protein uh, level and high protein level in uh, what we, uh, we eat. So we're showing this through our pets today. 
and uh, we'll see more and more uh, products uh, coming to market uh, in the in the next uh, months and years. Changing our perception of insects is vital for overcoming the ick factor. Insect protein can come in the form of tasty products and gourmet dishes, just like any common kind of meat. Yet, for the time being, there are some market barriers that impede the popularization of insect protein. Few suppliers, high retail cost, comparatively low product diversity, and lack of marketing, etc., are some big issues. These factors discourage many consumers from trying insect-based products and shifting their diet composition. So that is how the precious nutrients stored in pre-consumer food waste make their way into our usable cycle again, rather than ending up in some landfill. Insect-based bioconversion may one day be the key to future waste management and extended producer responsibility. The insect protein industry is crawling up to a larger scale, working its way into our homes through pet treats and earth sciences. I thought it was very interesting how both Serge and Brad mentioned that feeding pets insect protein is just a way, the first step of getting insect protein further into people's homes. I thought that was a really interesting model of trying to introduce this into a regular diet for the general public and joking about how pets already eat bugs, but people don't already eat bugs. And I think that I probably would if it were available to me, but. Who knows? Yeah, so studying about bioconversion and you know insect-based protein has been a great experience for me. But honestly, as a consumer, I think we still have a long way to go before actually bringing insect protein into human consumption, unless it is easily accessible and available for me. I don't think I would actually. Reach out or buy a super expensive insect product. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, as much as I like the idea of it, there is always the problem of it potentially being this more expensive sort of elite product um, until it becomes more mainstream. Uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from, but I'm pretty sure that if I had the opportunity to buy cricket flour, I might at least give it a try. We'll we'll see where it, it's headed. I'm curious to to follow along this journey still. And while everyone in the industry seems really optimistic, the actual effects of this are going to be exciting to watch out, watch out for. How about you? What are your opinions? Would you feed your pets insect-based treat? Would you eat a cricket muffin to save the planet? Now that is some food for thought. That's all the time we have for this week. We've been your hosts, Jacinta Roengeza and Sophia Osborne. Thanks for listening.
Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all our content is created by a team of volunteers. Big shout out this week to Nuho and Bethany Godro, who produced the Looking Fly, the Inside Scoop on Insect Protein episode, which originally aired in May 2021. You can reach us for comments or questions via email tara at cjsr.com or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Tara Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week right here on Terra Informa.